0: Welcome to the Security Sessions podcast, brought to you by Talis and hosted by me, Nara Jones. In this podcast series, we'll be discussing the technologies, people, and processes behind information security and delving into topics like data security, remote access, and digital transformation. We'll be speaking to Talis and industry experts to bring you fresh perspectives on how to navigate the world of cloud security. Today, we have another bonus episode featuring Thales and Dr. Eric Cole, founder and CEO of Secure Anchor Consulting. Shared security, also known as shared responsibility, is a cloud security management model that describes the distribution of enterprise data security management and accountability between a company and its cloud service providers. The framework essentially enables improved productivity and unparalleled agility. So, why isn't every organization adopting it? This episode explores adopting shared security as best practice. Dr. Eric speaks with Chris Martin, IIM Pre Sale Solutions Architect for EMEA at Thales. The podcast We'll explore the main areas of organizational risk concerning cloud migration and vendor native decisions before shedding light on the limitations of a single service provider. The experts then discuss the shared security model, for example, its benefits and the implementation process. Final thoughts center on what organizations need to understand about control over all users, and effectively build a best-practice shared security strategy. Enjoy!
1: Enterprise Management 360, your main source for
2: tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise.
1: Hello, and welcome to this EM360 Podcast. My name is Dr. Eric Cole, and I will be your host for today's podcast. I am the founder and CEO of Secure Anchor Consulting, a company that is focused on building out effective security roadmaps that actually work to protect an organization. In today's podcast, I'll be speaking with Chris Martin. I'm pre-sales solution architect for EMEA at Talos, and we're going to be looking at adopting shared security as best practice. Thank you for joining me today, Chris, and if you could first let us know a little bit about yourself before we get started.
2: So, yeah, hi, Uh, thank you for having me. I am Chris Martin. As you said, I'm the MIR solutions architect for identity and access management here at Talis. So, I work with a lot of our biggest customers across the region, helping out their complex solutions in sort of managing their users, their user security,
1: and adopting the cloud. And since you mentioned the cloud, it seems especially with everything going on in the pandemic, that cloud adoption has gone up at least tenfold in the last 12 months. What would you say are the main areas of organizational risk and concern of this rapid migration to the cloud?
2: I think there's several things there. The one I often see is is, it's a different mindset for people, uh, for organizations, that they're used to having data, security, all on-premise, all under their control. And because it's on-premise, a lot of security is implied simply because of front doors, physical systems. But as soon as it goes to the cloud, the, the, the control has gone. You don't have that implied security. It's a different mindset. Your perimeter has moved. It's not in your environment anymore. It's going, as the term says, in the cloud somewhere. You don't necessarily know where it is exactly. And not often that can lead to a lack of control. It can lead to a lot of assumptions. And a lot of companies are sort of just not really quite aware of those risks about where it goes. And the other issue is also that quite often adopting the cloud, because the cloud is multinational, uh, multi-organisational, is often you have different compliance that you wouldn't have had before. So if your data is now suddenly residing in let's say, the U.S., where you're a European company or vice versa, suddenly you might have new regulations that you have to adhere to that you wouldn't do before if your
1: security, your data, your solution was on-premise. That makes sense. And one of the questions I often get a lot is, if organizations are primarily on-prem with their own data center and they're looking at moving completely to the cloud – should it be something where they just do it wholesale, where th- their plan is, okay, we're just going to move everything over? Or should it be something that they slowly and gradually do over multiple years?
2: The, the issue is often we're trying to do everything in a in a big bang approach is you often will go just to a single service provider. You will look, you do your and let's face it, some great companies out there providing that cloud infrastructure. And the, often you can go too fast. And the, really, it's and I think the we'll, subject of this podcast is we're talking about the shared security. And security is a thing that's often overlooked because there's often, you know, we'll get the platform, the, identi- the platform as a service, we'll go to that, we'll employ all our applications into the cloud, and things are missed. You're trying to get everything from one vendor, you're going to one vendor, and you're not really trying to really do things in a more controlled manner, as I said earlier, that quite often companies don't evaluate the full risk. They don't have that full control anymore. So really is trying to say a more, more slow, thoughtful method is really trying to gain control, understand the limitations of each cloud service provider, each understand the limitations and what you need to do. If you can address all those areas of risk, by all means, go for it in one go. But often, it's not the case. It is a big change. It's a big mindset. There are a lot of things to consider. And often, the best approach is to do it
1: piecemeal. And you mentioned single service provider. Is that a good way to go, or are there some limitations associated with that? so can you maybe expand a little bit more on the mindset of how you should or shouldn't use a single service provider I
2: work for a vendor and I'll let you into legal secret is the vendors don't admit to the gaps in their functionality you're not saying they lie, but you know they they're they're trying to get your business so they're trying to promote themselves in the best way and something that really if you're looking at going to a single service provider is understand the gaps in their functionality, really understand what they provide. If you look at the big cloud service providers, the the array of functionality they provide is quite simply intoxicating, but understand their their limitations. And the other thing also is, is, is not just from a technology. It could be from a commercial. Whilst it may be good for you now, is understand that perhaps in three, five years' time, you may want to migrate to a better platform that's something that doesn't even exist now. Because you have that complete vendor tie-in, it can be then very difficult, very costly to migrate to something else. And the other one really, which which is something close to my heart, is is that threat. It's quite often that if you'll have a say a single service provider really you just have a single vulnerability if if that sort of provider is um how to use the word hacked or compromised in some way is that can filter through a lot of your systems quite quickly quite easily it'd be like a, a bushfire suddenly it starts off in one location and very quickly because all the trees are all the same all the trees are closer together that fire then spreads very quickly so often a single
1: vendor is probably not the best way to go. Now, as you mentioned, when you're, you're doing a single service provider and completely agree, it's sort of having all your eggs in one basket that if there's an exposure, it creates a big problem. But I know with a lot of clients, they'll pick one single service provider as the base, and then they'll identify and add on other multi-vendor solutions into it, is that sort of what you're recommending where you have a main vendor that maybe does 70 or 80 and you add on? Or are you saying that they should really have multiple vendors that are all sort of equal providing 20 to 30% of the solution?
2: That's always a difficult one to answer for, for a few reasons. One is say, the intoxication, the functionality that all these vendors are providing. They're all somewhat similar. In an ideal world, yes, you may pick 20 to 30 percent. You may want to spread that out, but then you have to look at the skill sets you need to employ. Yeah, that they will have, they will behave perhaps slightly differently. Is always look. I would always advise look for the, yeah the strongest part of any uh, technology and use that. But equally, you do want to adopt multiple layers uh, of different technologies of different companies. This often is a case with security, which is say, my, my particular background and really what I encourage a lot of the customers when I talk to them is consider your different layers of security. Is, do you really want a single vendor to provide your network security, your data security, your user security, your administration security? Do you really just want one authenticator to validate all of them? And generally the answer to that is no, not all of them are equal. Not all your users are equal, not all the vendors are equal. They, they do have their gaps. So it's a difficult one to whether that should be equally spread. That often does have cost implications. It is a consideration as to how much you want to go. Sometimes for me, it's more of a vertical uh, question, really, about the different layers. You're introducing different layers of the technology rather than more horizontal
1: sharing the load. And you mentioned some of the limitations of single service provider and some of the benefits is that you get best of breed. But can you walk us through some of the other benefits of a shared security model? So I think we all used the term of, of separation of
2: duties. And I think this term is is still applicable with shared security, it's more segmentational security. It's by sort of separating out your network security, by separating that from your data security from your user security is then you're sort of limit, limit, limiting your exposure to to risk. You're limiting your exposure to breaches. If one particular technology has a breach, it's only so far that breach can go. You do get the best of breed. That is often a desirable feature. You get the best of breed at each one of those layers. But it enables you to take control. I think this is a key thing that is, is often you know forgotten by organizations is you need to take responsibility for your own security. You need to provide your own security as much as possible because your security is going to be different to the next companies. Understand your business needs. Understand your users. Now, I always, when I talk to customers, always talk about their users because they often go, All my users are equal. They're all behaving the same way. Actually, when you look at it, they don't. Your users are not equal. I'll give you an example of know, Not all of your users may have a corporate device. They may not all be using a corporate laptop. They may be using their own, particularly what's happened in the last year or so. Uh, They may not all have access to a mobile phone to be able to use a mobile authenticator. They may not all be sitting in your office location accessing your applications from the same physical area. They may be doing it at home. We're going to be in different countries. So all those users are different. So understand those users and build your security model around them. Understand what you have in your business and then look to find the best ways to solve that, to give you the best
1: security. Now you talked about sort of the users and every user being different. And especially coming out of the pandemic, we're seeing a lot more of hybrid work-from-home models and things that are changing a lot from the traditional in the office. So what are some additional things that organizations need to understand about control over all of their users, especially in this new dynamic environment? The one
2: thing I've, I found is actually is when I talk to people about, you know, particularly when they used to work in the office – is what they fail to realize is actually there's a lot of security, physical security or implied security by simply being in an office. So quite often is a user will walk through the front door, use their smart card or photo badge, flash it to the you know, security guard or some turnstile that into the office, and they sit down a, a, you know, a device, a corporate device is provided to them, and they do their job. A lot of security has gone into that before they even sat down at the computer. Now, when people work from home, it was the opposite is, well, we don't know whether it is truly them. They don't know it's a corporate device. It could be you know, their own personal device. You don't have that initial security because what's happening now is we're now caught between two worlds. That home worker, you could apply a lot of, add a lot of additional security force them to go through many ways to identify themselves. But as soon as they reach the office, you don't want to do that again because the user experience is not very good. So the challenge is just as great now as it was 18 months ago once everyone started you know, having to work from home. We're now into this, what's called the hybrid mode, Is where actually you've got two modes you've got to work out. You know, Are your users at home or are they in the office? What is the best of both worlds? And it it's user experience and it's security. So you've got a balance there. And it's all things that have to be balanced. It is a fine balance.
1: And those are great points where really the balance and understanding the users. And you made a great case for sort of best of breed multi-vendor. But now if somebody's listening to the podcast and they're like, okay, what, what is my next step? So whether they're just starting their cloud journey or they have some cloud services and they want to complete the migration, what would be your recommendations on the approach for implementing this solution within an organization? So, your first approach is
2: forget about technology. Forget about the technology. And it's, it's such a fundamental thing. It's, it's, it's nothing new, it's good IT practices. Understand your requirements. What are you trying to achieve? Who are your users that are going to be using your, your new systems, your new way of working? What are the devices? There's so many devices now. It's really break it down into business requirements. Understand what you are trying to do. And I often see a lot of you know, customers who are going, I'm just going to migrate this application to the cloud. Okay. But you're now exposing that application to a lot more users. You're now exposing that application to a lot more devices, a lot more threats. So really just try understand what you are trying to do. Once you have those requirements, now you can start to look at the technology. Is for example, if you're trying to take an on-premise application and expose it to the cloud, is can it be migrated? If it can be migrated, do you have good security around that? For example, is there's a lot of single sign-on technologies, a lot of single sign-on fundamentals such as SAML. Not wishing to get too technical, but some applications have to be changed to do that because now you're changing the trust relationship. You're trying to trust an external identities to be able to access your application. So again, it's understand what you're trying to achieve and then look at the technology. And Really what you're trying to do, again, coming back to a shared security model, is trying to separate things out as much as possible. So even though your application, you're providing security around your application, Now look at your security of the data. We talked about compliance earlier. As Often that data will have security implication or compliance implications. Who and where are going to be using that data? Is it going to be in the US, in which case you may have different regulations here in, in the UK and Europe? So understand those regulations that your data now is going to be subject to because you're exposing it to a much bigger environment. Look at the different technologies. Try to make the best of what the technologies can do. Look at where their vulnerabilities are. I always say, and it's something I used to to a customer just recently, and and this actually resonated with him, just be that 12-year-old boy again or that sort of annoying child that keeps going, why, why? Just continuously keep asking the question. Keep trying to find that vulnerability. Keep trying to find that gap. It is a continuous model. It is a continuous adaption of your process, a continuous adaption of your security. If you don't adapt, the let's just say some of the, the unfortunate people that want to cause mischief in this world do continue to adapt. They do look for vulnerabilities. It is a game. It is something that we continuously have to keep looking at. So again, the more layers, the more security, the more questions you can ask of, the way you are doing things, the way you are implementing things, the better. Keep looking. Keep finding. Try to use different vendors as much as possible. The strongest thing I always recommend is strong authentication. Often, your users are their weak points, and it's not the users. It's just us as human beings are defective. We cannot remember 16-digit character passwords. If we could, we wouldn't have all the security problems. We are looking at ways to make that more secure because that's ultimately where most of the vulnerabilities are. It is us human beings. And this is why I talk about users a lot, In respect to the technology. They are ultimately the vulnerabilities because of us as human beings, we are the vulnerability. So just continue to say to adapt to look at how users, your types of users are using the security
1: and how they are using your systems. Just continuously keep looking at that, keep adapting. That's great advice. And, and Chris, I'm going to quote you a lot because I'm very often told that I'm very immature. So I'm going to say, <laughs> Chris told me to act like a 12-year-old, right? So I'm, <laughs> yeah. a, 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 I'm going to hold you to that one. So Keep questioning, keep questioning. I I, I love it, though. That's great advice. And and, and Chris, I know you have a ton of experience in this space. So could you maybe just talk about some of the best practices that you've learned in using this shared security strategy that organizations can take into play as they roll this out? So I'll give you – I'll answer that question by an example,
2: if I may. I'll give you a customer I've been working fairly recently, a fairly small customer, who – Really, just started to to look at the cloud, and they provided a number of applications and things themselves. They want to expose to the internet to have to be used by more users and their their yeah, sort of customers and their suppliers. So, what they did, they took their application, put it onto a well-known sort of cloud environment, and within a few days, they realised they had been hacked. And they come to me and went, Chris, what's gone wrong? What, what, what should we do? What should our best practices be? And I said, well, okay, let, let's be that 12-year-old boy again. Let's question why. Let's question where things could have gone wrong. Let's think about the users. So, okay, let's assume the cloud is, provider you used is very secure. There's lots of errors suggest they are. But what about your administrators? Yeah, have you provided security them? Have they had the best training in order to be able to configure the cloud provider properly and the most secure? And the answer was, mm, no. Well, also that cloud provider, you are relying upon managing the security of your data. Mm, Yeah, so perhaps there's a better way of managing that data, the additional security you could do there. Now look at your customers. How are they accessing your systems? They were just using username and password. And that's where the problem actually came from is one of their users, unfortunately, identity was stolen, common password into the system, got access to data, stole some data, unfortunately. So let's look at them. How can we verify who the user is and mitigate some of the threats there? Okay, we don't want to be using the cloud provider themselves. So what is the best model, best way we can do that? So let's look at additional multi-factor authentication. Let's look at something that's perhaps not password-based. And it's really, again, the process really was simple, was let's just understand, let's segment things as much as possible. Let's add different layers to everything. And then ultimately, we just came up with a solution which required a lot of MFA, a lot of strong authentication, the separation of data Data was now stored somewhere else other than on the, on the cloud provider. Actually, it was on a different cloud provider. Data was encrypted. So really, was asking those questions, segmenting things out, placing strong security around all those different areas, but taking control. He now understands the limitations of, of what he was trying to do and the limitations of the technology he was using. And that really was an
1: education piece continuously ask questions, and look to improve. And that was a great example. And as we wrap up this podcast, could you maybe give us one additional case study that sort of ties all of this together? There are lots, lots and lots of
2: examples. And just trying to think of something slightly different. It's really sort of one, one of our biggest customers uh, we've worked with just recently who was looking at just a, sort of a single identity access management vendor to, to provide all of their security. And they were particularly relying upon a mobile authenticator. So when in discussions with you know, the customer, I said, well, like myself, I live here in southern England. And I don't have a great mobile phone signal, so I can't use a mobile authenticator. So do you want all your users to be using a, a mobile authenticator? It's all. Are you, do you want all your users to use the same security? That's really the question I was asking. And when you get down to it, the answer was actually no, because all the users weren't equal. So we actually needed a range of security measures, a range of uh, security devices, because the users were different. And that's not just because of the technology, because actually... They had different work environments, so in different countries. So in some countries, actually mandated the use of a smart card over and above a mobile authenticator. So really, again, it was looking at sort of expanding, augmenting, and improving the security of the systems they had in place to make it suitable for, for everyone and everything. And so and it really was just rather than just surviving with what they had, it was looked at actually how can we improve it, how can we improve what they've got, to actually address all their needs, address all the gaps, and really just to help them thrive, you know, to move forward, to be more secure in what they do. And so really it was just examining what they had and finding the gaps in the technology and being that 12-year-old boy again going, why, Where, Where's this gone wrong? And just then move forward and adapt and introduce new technology. And really that's shared security of just
1: give more fine-grained control and segmenting the duties as much as possible. Great example and great way to tie it all together. And thank you, Chris, for your great insight on today's topic. I really love that advice of asking why and really questioning and digging deeper to understand why you're making certain decisions. So thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who listened to our conversation. If you would like more information on what we've discussed today, make sure you head over to CPL.TalisGroup.com.
0: Thank you for listening. Look out for Security Sessions episode 12 featuring a very special guest from IBM coming soon. Love this episode of the Talus Security Sessions podcast? Search us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or your favourite podcast service to subscribe rate and leave a review be sure to visit us at cpl.talisgroup.com to access previous episodes bringing you insights from industry experts on the latest cloud and data security news and trends thank you for listening